welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, a podcast where it's best off the trash reality TV. So before we go into the episode, we're going to do some And today we're going to be talking about Mary Hat first. Quite a bit. Um, because we are going to be announcing the cast of Love is Blind. So that's going to take some time. So before we go into the Love is Blind situation, Bachelor in Paradise. The alum, they call him Romeo Alexander, whose season I can't remember he was on. Which season was he on? I think he might have been on um, Gabby and Rachel's season, but he's engaged, guys. An exclusive interview with people. He, uh, Romeo and his fiance, Carolyn, or Caroline, sorry, Sullivan revealed all the sweet details of the proposal, which went down on December 27th in New York City. His fiancée basically said she was completely shocked by the whole thing. She says, Romeo told me we were going to dinner at a nice restaurant near Central Park and that I had to wear something fancy. My sister was in town and leaving that day, so he's dressed it. We show her around the park before dinner. We got to the location. This amazing photographer, whose name is Sarah, was pretending to do a photo shoot and generously asked us if we wanted a picture. That is when he dropped down on one knee and it was perfect, she says. And he explains that he took Caroline to Fifth Avenue as she had never seen it during the holidays. And I think it's, it's, um, when New York is at its prettiest, is what he says. I took her into some stores to get a sense of her style and ring size, but eventually bought it from a friend in the Diamond District. And, um, yeah. So we do have some, a photo of the proposal. I will post this to our socials. So moving on to our next hot cause. As we know, it has now been Less than two weeks, or probably about two weeks now, since Gary and Teresa tied a knot in front of, well, the world. Gary and Teresa were just recently spotted on January 14th on a casual date as they walked with linked arms and cozy outfits. Cute. Gary and Teresa were in her hometown of Shrewsbury, New Jersey, outside of Green's National Natural Food Grocery Store. Gary and Teresa showed off their stylish outfits for the chilly weather 10 days after the wedding. They talked, they looked very much in love as Teresa held Gary's arm and walked um, outside the store. So, yeah, but that's kind of it there. It's very bachelor heavy before we hop into Love is Blind because I have one more. So, Charity and Dotton just recently did cute engagement photos for which I am going to post all the photos that I have access to. Um, so they are actually currently living in New York city together and that's great. And the couple took to Instagram to share these photos. So I will, like I said, be posting the pictures that I have access to. They look cute. They look happy. So yeah. Now for the fun stuff. Love is blind. So we're four months out from the horrible season that was season five. 
that's not what they said in the article. But anyways, um, the new season, season six, is going to be airing very soon on February 14th. So we're just a little over a month away, um, a little less than a month away. Um, and we're going to be doing this one in Charlotte, North Carolina. So this is basically how the episodes are going to go. So we actually will discuss how these episodes are going to be coming out to you guys. The first six episodes will debut on February 14th. So with those six episodes, what we've normally done is usually do either two or three episodes for um, in each of our episodes. So that could roughly be about two to three episodes that you can expect for that. We will also include Sharon in as many of those episodes as I possibly can. I will talk to her about that. So that will be episode, those episodes on February 14th. Episode seven to nine. So those are the three. We'll show up on February 21st, followed by episode seven and 11 on February 28th. So the finale will be the 11th episode. The finale will drop on March 6th. So with this happening, because we're going to be bombarded, we're going to have Bachelor at that point. So basically we're going to have OG. We're going to have um, Diaries. We're going to have Single Life. We're going to have Bachelor at that point. Um, and we're still going to be working with maths, I'm assuming, at that point as well. Um, maybe maths will end at some point before. I'm not sure. But during this time, maths might probably get moved back to bonus episodes until Love's Mind is done. But we'll see. So let's talk about the cast and who we can expect. Obviously, not all of these people are going to be your final main cast, but here we go. We And I will again post the pictures of the new cast on our socials as well. We have Jeremy, who is 32. Um, I didn't catch everyone's like occupation, but I do towards the end. Um, or maybe even sorry now. We have Matthew, he's 37, and he is a senior financial advisor. We have Benjamin, who is 34, and he is Cloud Solutions Architect. Not sure what that means, but we have Vince. 35, and he is a lawyer. We have Mackenzie, 25, and she is a makeup artist. Danette, I believe is how you say her name. She is 33 and a flight attendant. We have Sarah Ann, who is 30 and a customer support manager. Sunny, 34, business analyst. Kenneth, 26, middle school principal. Ashley, 32, nurse practitioner. Chelsea, 31, flight attendant and event planner. Jamal, 32, store director. Trevor, 31, project manager. Nolan, 31, management consultant. Johnny, 28, account executive. Ariel, who is the man, 32, mortgage broker. Brittany, 25, senior client partner. Alejandra, 28, financial consultant. 
Amber Desiree, or AD, 33, real estate broker. Austin, 27, software sales. Laura, 34, account director. Dion, who is a man, 27, software sales. Amy, 28, e-commerce specialist. Drake, not, not the Drake, 32, video producer. Jimmy, 28, software sales. Clay, 31, enterprise sales and entrepreneur. Amber, 31, medical device sales. Danielle, 30, corporate comms. Jessica, 29, executive assistant. Amy K. or Kai, 34, PR director. And that is it. That is our cast. So again, these will be posted um, to our socials. So that's basically it. Before we hop into the episode, again, Bachelor is starting this week. Um, recording this on a Sunday, so that's coming very soon. And yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, so yeah. So let's get into it. Fire at first sight, season seventeen, episode thirteen. It's it's expanding intimacy at an altitude of ease. That's the title of the episode. So obviously our biggest couple that we're gonna talk about is Brennan and Emily. That's gonna be at the end. So let's get into Becca and Austin first. So they're going to build a terrarium, but with naked people. And I think she says that one is going to rail the other against the moss. And this kind of is when she asks him, like, has he had sex against moss before? Has he, like, had sex outside? Well, she has. And she kind of says, like, she's open to trying new things. She basically likes whatever her partner likes, which, okay. Austin is good with, like, having sex once or twice every, once once every day, or maybe once every other day, which she's fine with as well. So they're kind of having those discussions, which is, good. Um, and then <laughs> she randomly asks, what about Peggy? And Elvis. No, sorry. It wasn't her. It was actually him that said, what about Peggy? And then he kind of retracted the question, but I'm like, are you into Like, if you are, own it. Like, it is what it is. So they are going to go see Dr. P at Dr. P is going to And they kind of do like this fake interview together for cute before she gets there. And then he kind of is like, you know, grind friction. And then it's kind of like, and, uh, it was cute. It was a very cute moment between them. Um, Becca basically wants to ask Dr. Pia how she stays patient 
with him when it comes to the lack of intimacy. Anyway, Dr. P is here. So they do say like things have been good. Um, and she asked, Dr. P asked like how the intimacy has been. She feels that they, they have not progressed much. He would like to move um, a little slower. Um, he's used to words like her. She kind of isn't used to this piece. She kind of uses the term like she hasn't been in a relationship or she doesn't feel desired. He, he basically tells her to wait. He definitely desires her. He doesn't want her to feel like he doesn't. Um, but she definitely desires him. She thinks he's hot. She's ready to do this thing. And kind of was waiting for him to catch up. Um, Dr. Pia kind of asks, like, what is holding you back? And he doesn't have an answer. He doesn't know. He thinks maybe because they had talked about it for so much, and so much prior to this, that maybe it created this pressure that basically in so many ways downright made him wonder for him to an extent that where he is in it all. So, so we kind of learn here that they, although haven't had like sex like intercourse, they actively made out kind of gotten to points, but never go further. So Dr. Pia asks, like, in those moments, what's making you not go further? What's stopping you? And he again says he doesn't know. Um, but maybe more foreplay might be needed for these two. Foreplay is important, everybody. <laughs> and Dr. Pia kind of says, like, foreplay is not just sexual or physical. It can be mental, of course. And he says, like, that's me for him. He kind of figures foreplay is the physical stuff before the play. And it's not. It's definitely not. So, so then Dr. Pia basically asked Becca, are you comfortable with initiating? And she, she said something, I think she said she was comfortable with it, but also at the same time didn't want to make him feel pressured if she is to initiate, um, you know, intimacy. So, you know, kind of ends it off kind of saying, let's just enjoy each other's bodies and kind of go from there. So then we see her at the fish tank and there is like this knock on the door and there's this basket of sex toys and a candle that smells like sex apparently. They have to do like this obstacle course and I think with the obstacle course, 
he kind of has to say something that he likes where intimacy is concerned. So we see him kind of rearranging furniture and Becca's going to be the one doing the actual course blindfolded. So he does tell her things like, you know, your group are great. Um, although she had had to like prompt him to say that to her. Hopefully that still sounded okay. My mic unplugged, but I believe we're still recording because you can see the way like. But part of that might not have sounded too good. But that's continue. So now Austin is putting down some roses and he's doing some candles, arranging them like boots apparently, and he's going to be surprising her. And she does come in, she walks in with some food and she is surprised. And she does say that usually it's her initiating like 99% of the time, I guess in general. So being in the passenger seat is something new for her. So now they're going to play Naughty Truth or Dare. And she had mentioned like she wanted to have sex on the balcony when they travel. But when she kind of like gestures to like we have a balcony, she's like, it's kind of cold right now. But we kind of see him kind of, you know. And, um, she then tells him, like, what they're currently doing right now, she would consider a foreplay. Then he says, well, do you want to do the play? And she's shocked. She's like, right now? And he's like, yeah. And, yeah, I think they did it. I think they did it. I mean, God, none of these couples have to have sex. Jeez. Anyways, that's it for Becca and Austin. Let's move on to Claire and Cameron very quick. Not much here. So Cameron is getting ready to go to the hospital. He has, he says, no desire to contact Claire right now. I think we did get a little contacts there. Um, he just wants to get this done. His procedure done, the surgery done, and yeah. So then we see Claire and Cameron to talk to her, telling her he was fine after the surgery. He apparently wanted the space from her prior to the surgery so that her stress wouldn't stress him out. So we do a little context here with what he's being asshole. He's just like, you're a lot. And he needs to keep his stress levels way down as possible prior to surgery. So, yeah, but he's doing good. It's great. So now we have kind of a group thing here. Um, the women are kind of talking to them by themselves, which we have Claire, Becca, and Emily, and then the guys, which is just um, Brennan and um, Austin. Obviously, Cameron can be there. So, Brennan says that he marriage has been a good adjustment. Okay. Emily says that they have different communication styles, which is true. They need to try to stay 
positive and both can kind of do better. Brennan says the reset is good. Taking it, say with me, day by day, Lord. Um, otherwise, it could have led to divorce. I still think it should, personally. But anyways, he thinks that they are good. We're in a good place. So no one is having sex at this point because this would have been prior to um, the little sex situation between Austin and, and Becca. Um, and I think it's funny to remember before Emily and Brennan did soccer, I'm not sure, but um, soccer might have come after, I'm not sure how that worked. But anyways, um, however, Austin and Becca are making out at this point. Austin says that the talking about the intimacy all the time is maybe the reason the sex kind of hasn't happened. Um, now we're talking about, we're talking about Claire and Cameron. Claire brings up about Cameron's heart flutter and that he has surgery and that he is doing okay. Becca tells her, you know, as a person who has had several surgeries, you are giving him the best gift by just being there, being supportive. She kind of says, like, with her many surgeries, she's actually lost friends. That's horrible. You know, someone can't control if they need to have a surgical procedure done, like, and that, you know, healing afterwards. It's not easy. Anyways, people are horrible. Um, so now we can see them playing pool all together as a group, and we see Michael walking in. And he is wearing the crown. I thought he retired at the gifts. Unless this was filmed before he retired the gifts much more. Anyways, he's walking in with the crown, and he says that he um, will be retiring the crown. So I think it's been before. I'll say that. I'm going to say that. But it is. Um, Michael does tell him that he will be getting married to someone new. They are very excited for him. He does worry about telling her that he's going through this process again. He doesn't want her to judge him. But this is why, like, I don't know what the approach of the experts are not telling um, Chloe about the situation at hand. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, because you, you can't keep this from her. She is going to find out. So I don't know. I don't know. Becca tells him, you know, go into this by kind of saying to yourself, if it weren't for that woman, that runaway bride, you wouldn't have met your new bride. So that's kind of what Becca's kind of telling him to kind of approach the subject. That he's grateful that, that didn't work out because if it had, he wouldn't have met her. I think that's a good approach, definitely. Um, 
to the wedding is going to be soon. And he is inviting everyone um, to attend. Becca and Austin, unfortunately, can't attend because they are going to be visiting his grandma out of town. But Emily and Brennan, I think, will go. I think Claire will go. Um, I'm curious if he's accepted the invitation to Laura and Orion, but obviously they're not here, so we'll see if they show up. But that is it for the group. We do see kind of Michael and Cody separately from this. There wasn't anything there to talk about. That's why I'm not talking about them. But anyways, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we will hop in with the kicker of the episode. Emily and Brennan. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast? like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality, and you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and you can be a guest on our podcast. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast. Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with the Ludo, you can create clips, you can do your ads, that's just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique 
link, which you can find our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to and we're back. easy software to talk about the mess that is Emily and Brennan. We do have some good moments between them prior to the mess, but let's get into it. So it's the next day after the hot tub fiasco. He says he's ready to talk. Good to know that you're ready to talk for once. Anyways, she feels disappointed that he won't answer questions. How else is she supposed to know and learn things about him? She feels he has already kind of checked out of the situation, and that might be why she got mad at him, because she kind of feels that, which, yeah, he is checked out. He doesn't he does admit that he is maybe checked out and that, you know, he doesn't want to um, hurt her and he does want to do better. So do better. But anyways, but they are going to work on it. She says his apology, his apologies are appreciated. However, it will mean nothing if he keeps like not trying to do better and keep trying to make this work. So now they're going um, to write letters to their younger selves, which is usually something we see all the couples doing, but I guess it's going to be scattered. Maybe they're like, oh, I don't know. I think these two need it now. I don't know. Um, so her, hers basically is kind of just saying like, keep going, don't give up. She brings up the relationship with her father and like the, the, her dedication with soccer and kind of maybe her father's hand in that. Um, she says like, you are better than just your soccer skills basically. So, you know, kind of something around those lines. His, um, his says that, you know, you always thought about the future, um, having a plan for the future, knowing what the future kind of looks like. And he says that he would lean on his friend's, um, dad for advice. He said that he would pick his brain at like 13 when kind of his friends would be having fun. Um, so this is kind of what he says. It wasn't actually in the letter. This is kind of what he was telling her because she kind of asked him like, you know, who was kind of the person that you would go to? And this is what he said. So we're kind of learning a little bit here about him. Um, him opening up with her it's definitely helping her understand him a little better. So next scene we see Brennan is calling his friend Richie. They can kind of speak freely. I think he refers to him as his best friend. He tells Richie he isn't used to not having the romantic element in a relationship, but they are good. He has been hugging her more 
great. Friend says, well, you can kind of be in your head a lot. Once you have like a thought in your head, you tend to not sway away from that. Um, he says that like, you know, I got lunch with her. Is that kind of like me trying? And Richie says, I can get lunch with my friend. That's not romantic. Um, and he says like, it sounds like you guys are good as friends, which is great, but you could get stuck in that, which is very true. You, it's called friend zoning. It's a thing, right? Right. Anyways, Brennan says they are going to have those deep conversations. They've talked about it um, as much as they can. Richie asks, like, do you think you guys could end up clicking at some point? And he kind of responds that he thinks they can. Okay, then. Sure. Sure thing. I have no confidence in these two. It's not her, because I think she's putting the effort in. I have no confidence in him. But anyways, let's get to it. So now we see them playing soccer. She says that she was the captain of her soccer team. They're definitely having a lot of fun. And he is impressed by her skills. She says that like the pressure from her dad was a lot, obviously, but she never gives up on her on her stuff, on her team, on her people. She's basically trying to say, although, you know, you get the pressure, I don't give up. And I don't give up on anything or anyone, including you, sir. So kind of see her putting that out there. But Dr. Pia is here. Okay. This is where shit kind of, a lot comes out, but I think a lot of shit goes down at the same time. So Brennan feels that they are in a good place now. However, Emily kind of says, I don't think we kind of are, or at least we weren't. And yeah, he didn't want to do um, the assignment, because that's kind of what's brought up. Um, Dr. Pia asks, like, would it be productive to talk about this now? If, you know, he's saying you're in a good spot, you know, and he says no, straight up. He says, I did, like, a version of the touching by, like, hugging more. It was best for us. And then Emily says, well, it was kind of his idea to do it that way. It wasn't my idea. He says he feels frustrated at this moment because even though it's kind of his idea, he kind of says like, you know, I will come to her. I will say like, you know, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? And she will say, that's okay with me. And then that's what they end up doing. So he's basically trying to say like, you're out here trying to make it look like I'm not trying, but 
I am trying, but I'm trying in a way that's comfortable for me. And you agree to it, which I don't like him. I don't think this is going to work, but he's not wrong with what he's saying here, where it's like, if you weren't okay with what I am saying, and you weren't actually in agreement with what I was saying, why did you agree? And now you're throwing me under the bus. I get it. I get what he's trying to say here. So he kind of says like, it sounds like we didn't do the assignment, but we did. And Dr. Pia says, well, the assignment wasn't a hug. So you actually didn't do the assignment. Damn, Dr. Pia. <laughs> Emily says that she doesn't, or sorry, she thinks that he doesn't do it because he doesn't want to. That's true. And why? Dr. Pia has asked, like, why don't, don't you want to do it? And he says he doesn't know. He says, can we just shift gears and talk about something positive? Because this is making him look back, guys, because of course his image is what's more important, as we've kind of established. Dr. Pia says, I get a lot of pushback from you. Why is that? And for him, he kind of thought like the purpose of this meeting um, was to figure out how to move forward, not to focus on what has already happened and what they've already come out of the other side of. And I'm assuming this was a conversation that Emily and Brennan had prior to Dr. Pia showing up. That's kind of what I was getting from him, which again, Emily... <laughs> But I think we do also get some context here from her perspective and maybe why she agrees with him without really giving a thought. Emily, if you are talking about this is what we're going to do and you turn around and say something completely different in front of Dr. Pia, that is going to frustrate him and that is going to send him back again. We're trying to get him to be all in here and he, he, this isn't helping. But I think, as like I said, I think we do get some context from from her. And um, Dr. Peter says, I can see, Emily, you're holding back because I'm getting these different versions from the both of you of how things are kind of going. Emily, in, a, in, a, in the moment, says, Brennan is very reactive off camera. And that is what he doesn't want people to see. So we're kind of getting some information here. Let's say, okay, when you say he's reactive, what does that mean? I want to know what that means. Like, is Emily in some sort of danger or could she potentially, if they were to say yes on decision day, be in some sort of danger? Because why is he like that? Like, I think there's a dark side of Brennan that we're not seeing. And he's well aware of, because that's the part that's scary about him. And with this information, I don't want to put it out there. I'm not saying that he is. But if he is someone who might be abusive in some sort, whether it's mental I don't know physical, I don't know if I'd go that far, but if he is like emotionally or mentally abusive or verbally abusive, 
if he has that darkness in him, the fact that he is so aware of himself and how he can look, that is scary. That is, ugh, that, that, that could, that could potentially be a narcissistic tendency because I feel narcissists are so aware of themselves of all aspects of themselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that is kind of what I'm getting from Brennan, especially with what Emily just said. I'm I'm not at the point of worrying for her, but I am curious as to what does that mean in conjunction with how he is so so heavily focused on his image and how he looks on camera. Anyway, Emily does agree with Dr. Pia um, when it comes to keeping, like not kind of saying everything that she needs to say because she kind of says like, I want to keep the peace with him. Um, and kind of figure out how to approach certain things. He thinks that they have given enough context. However, Emily clearly doesn't kind of agree with that. Because again, he also kind of mentions with everything Emily's saying here, he's taken aback. He's like, she speaks her mind. So I'm kind of confused by where all of this is coming from. Um... Dr. Pia does ask, do you care about Emily's opinion? Because you're saying you've given enough context. She, however, doesn't think that. But all that matters is that you feel that enough context has been given. Do you care about her opinion? Basically, he does say um, that he does care about her opinion. No, he doesn't. He does not. Um, But then Dr. Pia asks him, do you trust her? He kind of says that he thinks they are rebuilding trust. Now, Emily is a little confused by this. I'm going to say what she says here first because I think this is important. She says, what have I done to break the trust in the first place? Which again is very fair. What has she done? We kind of see what he has to say, but again, it doesn't make sense if there's something we're not seeing from Emily that makes him say what he will say um, shortly. Dr. Pia asks, like, what can she do to help with rebuilding the trust? He says, do what you say you're going to do. So he uses like this situation as an example. He says, you know, like her plan was like coming into this was, um, you know, the way he thought it was supposed to go, how to move forward. But now he's seeing something different. So that doesn't help the trust situation in his mind. He wants consistency. I think he thrives on consistency, which I understand. I'm the same way, but 
Dr. Pia kind of asked like, okay, that's fine. But how do we make room for someone to change their mind? He says communication. Okay. But then if Emily is feeling she can't communicate with you without you being reactive, her words, how can she communicate with you without angering you, without you being defensive? He basically says kind of what he needs from her is to kind of acknowledge what they have said they were going to do first and foremost, and then communicate what she would rather do. So Dr. Pia kind of takes this as, okay, he needs the validation that this conversation did happen. This is how you want it to go. He does, she does, he just wants the validation, which I'm not gonna, I think what he's saying is acceptable. I think there's nothing wrong with what he's saying. However, I'm confused. Emily's confused as to how she hasn't done that, how she isn't doing that. Is there something that has happened before today, before this meeting, that is making him say those things? But she does, because Dr. Pia asks, like, is that something you can do, Emily? And she says, I thought I have been. I've been trying very hard to make sure he feels validated. And that, like, he doesn't feel ganged up on or anything like that. So she's very confused as to, you know, where this is kind of coming from. Dr. Pia says, like, it feels like you guys are kind of on this parallel journey. You're not kind of coming together. She tells him, um, she kind of says to him that she feels kind of, you know, sad about the fact that, like, she doesn't know how to, you know, go forward here. She doesn't know how to work on things kind of going forward because he is so unable to get out of his own way. He says that I'm sad too. I didn't, I don't think we came into this expecting this type of relationship. Like he kind of says like, we didn't come into this for this kind of, kind of situation. And I think the exact thing that he said is this is not the type of relationship he thought he would have coming out of the, out of this. She just feels ultimately that they could be doing better, Emily. Dr. Pia asks, do you think change is possible? And he says, yes, he does, because they do have good times together. So Dr. Pia asks, like, what needs to happen to, to kind of shift the focus? And for him, he says, for her to have open communication, or sorry, for, yeah, for her open communication. And for him, I'm not harping on the past. And they kind of reestablish for both of them as well, like what they need, what kind of they expect and need when it comes to friendship, since they're doing this reset, right? And they kind of reestablish that, like, you know, 
trust, loyalty, respect, all of those things. They kind of, they agree on those things and we kind of go from there, but that's kind of it for Emily and Brennan. And that is it for the episode. Next time on, really quick, the wedding is going to be happening and she's super scared, which I think definitely makes sense. This is, you're marrying a stranger. Scary. But that is it for this episode. So if you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Again, we're on every different podcast app that you desire to use. Um, we're also on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, TikTok at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. You can email us at Reality Tea Times 2 at hotmail.com. We have a website at solo.to forward slash Reality Tea Times 2. Two. Don't forget, I also have another podcast with my friend Mikel called The Next Take Podcast, where we have conversations and discussions about just about everything. And you can find us at our, our website, area at solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast, as well as YouTube at Next Take Podcast. But that's basically it. Again, don't forget if you rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and the five-star rating, I will rate that on the podcast. But that is it for now. Thanks, guys. Bye!